Hi, and welcome into another edition of Music Fanimal here on Fanimal Radio. I'm Tony Lombardi, and my special guest this week is Rachel Hall Pickett. And we talked just off the air a moment ago, and I said the famous last name. I had Mustang Sally stuck in my head because of Pickett, but you said... Hall has another meaning to the music business in this area. So talk about that a little bit. Yes, it's it's funny. Um, Pickett is my married name, and uh, Hall is my maiden name. And my grandfather and my dad are both pretty well known guitar players. There's a there's a documentary coming out soon that I'm excited about. It's called Anacostia Delta, okay. and uh, it goes over a lot of those guitar players from that region. Is the documentary on Netflix or something like that? I don't know where they're going to release it. I think they're still trying to gather the funds to, okay. you know, for the royalties and all of those things. But, yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully well, you, next year it'll be out. You kind of answered my next question, which is how did you get your start in music? It's obvious yes, now. Yes, it is. And my mother's side of the family, um, they all play bluegrass. So I grew up around lots of music, lots of country, jazz, um, older rock and roll, and then bluegrass. So I, I learned to play guitar when I was uh, about 10. Um, lessons with my dad. It really it's in fun. the blood. Yeah. That's a common theme for most of my guests here on Music Family. It really I is. I saw it's, that with Scott Spivey. I watched yeah. his, and I was like, oh, cool. His it's dad crazy. His guitar, too. Yeah. So what about your children? You have two little ones. I do. How old I are have, they? Uh, about to be four and about to be six. My son is almost four, and my daughter is almost six. Either of them showing any interest in music? Yeah, they love it. My, yeah. my son's kind of interested in the drums. We have a little drum set at home. My daughter really likes to sing and dance and perform. She's definitely got the, the stage personality. So you have like a little American Idol show around yeah, your house. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Never a dull moment. It's very entertaining. Right. <laughs> now, you play a lot of with Think at night, given what you do. Yes. And that's got to create some challenges, I would think, being a mother of a four- and a six-year-old. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but we have it worked out to where, um, you know, I have coverage on my nights off and... Um, don't always have to get up quite so early in the morning the next morning, depending where I play. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's kind of cool because people ask, what else do you do? And I'm a mom. <laughs> right. That's, that's one of the most difficult jobs there is. It really is. So don't ever estimate that. Yeah. Now, with, with respect to the kids, do you, if, I know you write some of your own music. I do. Do you write any music that is appropriate for the kids or, or for the kids or inspired by the kids? Um, I have a song that I wrote about each kid, and I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do anything with them, okay. but, you know, it's definitely something to think about. So talk about your own your music and what inspired you to write. Um, I guess I started writing not long after I played guitar, and it, it made me want to write. It made me want to sing. Um, and uh, my first published music was with a band called The Damsels. Um, that CD came out, I think, in 2007, and it's on iTunes. And I wrote half of the songs on there, and the other girl in the band wrote the other half. Nice. Yeah. Is that like a child for you when you finally have a song that's finished? It is. And... It really is. And now that I've had children, I can I can definitely say right. it's you put it out there, and it's it's always going to be there, and, and, you know, it's something to be proud of. When you're writing, does the song, when it's finished... Is it the way you imagined it from the beginning, or did it change shapes and colors as you as you write it and go through the recording process? That's a good question. Um, I, some of my songs seem like divinely inspired, and they'll just come out all at once. And when that happens, are those it's the like best? Two songs, and I think those are the best. Um, and then the ones that that I'm not so sure about, they definitely change a lot. Changing drum beats is one of the biggest things that 
changes the color of the song mm. and, the, and the feel of it. Um, so sometimes I'll write things that are slow, and I, I want it to rock more, so I'll try and put a, a faster drum beat behind it or bring it up you know, a couple of, uh, couple of steps so that it's higher right. to sing and I can belt it out more. Right. So you're going to do a couple of your own originals today, aren't you? Yes, I All am. right, so we're going to take a break, and you're going to do the first one, which is? Oh My Well. Oh My Well. So Rachel Hall Pickett. There's a place in my heart It's like a well that's gone so dry But now you've come along You feel it every time Now this well has been emptied so much. You know they took every last drop. No matter how deep I dug, just couldn't seem to find no more of me inside. Oh My Well. Talk about that song and your inspiration behind that. Sure. Um, it's, it's a very uh, Patsy Cline kind of influenced, um, jazzy, old country sounding song. 
uh, and the lyrics were just kind of a, a play on words um, because I'm talking about a well that's inside of you, um, but it also sounds like you're saying, oh, my well. I don't know. I just kind of put those together. The double and, entendres, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're fun. So Patsy Cline obviously is an influence. Talk about some of your other influences. Yes. Um, gosh, as far as harder rock goes, I love Heart and Led Zeppelin and... Um, Hendrix, I like the a lot of the classic rock stuff, but then as far as singer-songwriters go, Patty Griffin is a huge influence of mine, um, Brandi Carlisle, um, Sheryl Crow. She was probably one of the first female artists that when I was learning to play guitar that I learned a lot of her songs. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers as well. Yeah. I remember reading a Rolling Stone interview with her, and she was talking about that first record that she did. Yeah, and the big, music club. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the big song in there was all I want to do, yeah. right? And she was talking to her brother about that record. Her brother was listening to, I guess, an acetate or something of it. And he said, this is the one. And she's going, really? <laughs> she kind of looked at it as like a throwing kind of thing. Yeah. But it, it, I guess it's interesting sometimes when you're so close to something, you might think something's better, than, and another person listening to it might think another song's better. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's it's very interesting in the way songs are interpreted also, what people think songs are about. Or how about the lyrics that you make up? It's because you don't understand them. Yeah. <laughs> like most, most of Elton John's songs always have a couple words in there. Absolutely. I have, I have no idea what he's saying, so I just yeah. make it up. Or what the kids come up with that they think somebody's right. saying in a song is always entertaining. Misunderstood lyrics. Yeah. So talk about some of the performers that you've seen and like you know performances that may have blown you away. As, as a fan? Oh, sure. Um, Patty Griffin, my favorite songwriter, I've seen her perform with so many great people, and she has one of those voices that fills up the room in a way that, you know, it almost feels like she's giving you a hug. It's And the, the, the power of her voice just fills the room. She's had Emmylou with her. That was probably one of my favorite concerts, Emmylou Harris. Same thing, the voice just fills the room and gives you goosebumps and... Um, that's amazing. I also like seeing Southern culture on the skids. Whenever they come around, they put on a really good show and they throw fried chicken to the audience and do all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Man, I wish I could get away with that. <laughs> that good. <laughs> Talk about like your own performances and you know your your own most memorable performance in a good way. Then I'm going to ask you about the embarrassing way. Okay. Um, so. Best moments. That's tough. I think um, it's happened a few times where you finish a song or you're in the middle of a song, you just notice that everyone is dead quiet. And sometimes that can be a scary thing. Right. Sometimes that can be, oh no, they don't like it. And then when they finally start applauding, it's just like a roar of applause. I'm, that's happened a few times, and I think those are my most memorable moments. I think one time I said, is everybody okay? <laughs> and then they started clapping. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, I've asked some of the other guests about this too, that do you ever read the crowd? In other words, are you up there performing and you're saying, okay, maybe this song isn't working for this crowd, and you say to your bandmates, let's go with this one because this one might get them going. Absolutely, always. I mean, that is, I try to do that every time I play. It's very important to to help you engage with your audience, I think, and figure out. Luckily, we do things from a lot of different genres, and um, you can kind of watch your crowd and see, are they younger crowd? Are they into you know softer stuff, louder stuff? You can, you can usually tell. And depending on what show it is, if you're somewhere that you have to 
go through your exact set list and it's you know a time crunch, it's it's different. You can't really do that. You're just doing your set. They're just going to have to adjust. Right, right. <laughs> so I do, I've done this before in radio where you go in with a game plan. I'm talking sports, and something happens during the show that just I kind of go into a brain cramp. Yeah. I forgot my train of thought, and I end up talking my way on track again. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes not knowing how I got back on track. And to my, it's interesting that sometimes the audience doesn't even know that that happened. Yeah. Do you have those moments sometimes when you're performing? Maybe you forgot a lyric or something? Tons. And that actually brings me <laughs> as a great segue into my most embarrassing moments okay. because they're all when I forget lyrics or if I go to play something on the guitar and I can't remember where I'm supposed to play or if I go to play and nothing comes out, I go to sing, nothing comes out. So it's kind of silence either way, I guess. It's my most exciting moments are silence of the uh, audience when they're in shock, and my most embarrassing moments are silence when nothing will come out of me. Well, do, does the audience to. know, or is it you? I know you know that you've made a mistake, but do yeah, they always I, catch on to that? They don't always catch on, but if I freeze and I'm quiet for too long, you know, the, the, the people playing behind me are still, <laughs> the song still goes on even if right. you stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So, Talk about the music business in general, because one of the reasons why we even do Music Phantom, because we're big fans of music, and we want the artist to become known to the audience, not just to be some, a player up there. And one of the things that we like to come across and do is just to have them talk about the music business as well, the music business being the frustrating parts of what you do. I know you're a, a full-time mom, but the things that you have to do to try to make a buck in the business... Is there anything about the business that frustrates you and that you'd like to change if you could? What I think um, could really help is um, more venues that have live music. I think that would be helpful. I'm starting to see more of that. Um, for a while, it seemed like live music just wasn't getting people out, and it turned to DJs and karaoke and trivia night. And um, Do you think that I, might have to do with economics? Maybe it's cheaper to have a DJ than it is it to have is. a van, you know, that kind of thing. It is. Um, so maybe some more venues that are just music venues where they're not just, you know, trying to sustain having a, a sports bar that also has, you know, all these different right. things. I'd like to see more venues with stages. I think that would be great for the local music. And what you're doing is a is a, a great change I see coming it. in the music yeah, business, I'm too. About yeah. So talk also about some of the up-and-coming artists that you've seen, maybe some that are kind of flying under the radar, some that maybe should get a little bit more notoriety than they than are getting right now? On a local level? Local um, or national? I can, yeah, on a national level, I don't pay enough attention. I'm kind of in my own bubble, and I don't, I don't know who's up and coming right now. Um, but as far as locally, there are a lot of great artists that are putting out CDs right now or just put out a CD. Um, Starbelly is a great They're, local I love artist that, that just four. put out it. Yeah, I mean it's it's fantastic. My my kids call it the four men because of the cover <laughs> with the four faces. Mommy, can you listen to the four men? Well, I um, guess you know they're going over to the Cavern Club in Liverpool. I do. I that's that's it amazing. Was, I was yeah. talking. I was talking to Greg and Dennis about that on Saturday. I said, yeah. "I'm going to get you guys a Music Family T-shirt to wear." I said, "We'll oh, do it. We'll do it." Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's so, wonderful. But that is great to see them you know, doing so well. Yeah, and my friend Dina DeLuca has uh, an album she's working on. I think Eric Scott just came out with uh, a new album or is recording one. Um, 
Josie Baltimore, she's great. She's um, she's got a lot of recordings she's done on her own that you can purchase at her shows, uh, and a, a good presence online. So uh, a lot of good folks around here that should be um, yeah checked out. We'll have them on here. We'll, you we'll help them out. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got two more originals to do, right? One more. Original. One more original. Okay. Yes. And what's that going to be? Um, it's called the Crying Tree. Okay. All right. So. Rachel, take it away with the crying tree. You 
welcome back into Music Fanimal here on Fanimal Radio, The Crying Tree. Rachel, tell us a little bit about that song. Uh, sure, it's, a, it's one of my songs that I hope to um, have as a harder rock song. On the Damsel CD, it was a little more mellow. It you know, had some rock elements to it, but I'd like to take it um, and record it again and, and make it a big screamo, big rocking song. The lyrics are a little strange, but it's, you know, it's one of those things I like for people to interpret. In their own way, right? So you talk about your songs, and we talk about your influences. Let's talk about your iPod. Okay. Any embarrassing songs on the iPod? I don't think so. I'm not embarrassed about anything I listen to. I I like all kinds of stuff. I tell everybody, I'm not embarrassed by it either, but the Partridge Family. Oh, nice. I have Partridge Family songs. That's great. I'm showing my age, but I'm Partridge Family. Friday nights was the Brady Bunch, then Partridge Family. Awesome. (laughs) So... Okay, who's your favorite singer? You, you mentioned before. Uh, gosh, I have so many favorite singers. Uh, Brandy Carlisle's voice is definitely one of my favorites. Um, so I, if I had to pick one, I would have to say her. But Ella Fitzgerald's been a huge influence. Um, Janis Joplin. Um, yeah, there's there's tons. You said Hart earlier on, and Ann Wilson. Yes, Ann Wilson. You said Hart and Led Zeppelin together. Yes, yes. And so. what they did at the Kennedy Center. I did not see that. Oh, you'll find it on YouTube. It's okay. easy. It brought Robert Plant to tears. Wow. And he said, I don't even like listening to somebody else do our, do our songs. Wow. They did uh, Stay Away to Heaven. And, and Jason was drumming with them. Jason Bottom. Jason Bottom, yeah. Nice. So that was good. I will look that up. So you play guitar. What, who's your favorite guitar player? I would have to say Danny Gatton. He's, uh, he's, he's not as well known, but he is... Um, Able to play, was able to play anything. We lost him unfortunately yeah. in the early '90s, but um, yeah, he can play any style of guitar. Uh, my dad knew him; he came up in that same scene I was talking about uh, with my grandfather and my dad. Nice history there. Yeah, so my dad's my favorite guitar player, of course. But as far as um, the really famous people, we'll have to get dad him. here. Yes. We perform together, so... Do you? Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Really fun. So talk about who you think might be the most underrated national artist. I would go back to Danny Gatton again just because okay. he, he's, he's been called the world's greatest unknown guitar player. Um, and then I would have also said Brandy Carlisle, but she, she cleaned up at the Grammys this year, so I think she's getting the, the notoriety that yeah. she should have been getting this whole time. Now, there have been some music movies that have been released this year, one about Freddie Mercury, yes. and then A Star is Born, and that was a, mostly a music kind of thing, right? I haven't seen I haven't either seen that of them. But I saw the, the one with Barbara Streisand, and we knew there was, it was a musical theme to all that. Okay. But there's another one coming out about the Beatles. Have you seen the previews to that? I have not. Now, check out this, this premise. You've got this guy... It's it's by, what's the Slumdog, uh, what was that movie, um, won the Academy Award? I know what you're talking about, yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Yes, okay. yes. Same producer, same writer. It's called Yesterday. And what happens is there's a power outage across the globe. The entire grid goes, goes out for a second. And during that split second, the star of the movie is in a bicycle accident and gets hit by a car. So he's in the hospital. When he wakes up from the hospital... He's the only one in the world that's heard of the Beatles. So he's sitting around this picnic table, and he's playing yesterday, and he's singing it to his friends, 
and his friends say, that's a nice song. Where did you, when did you write that one? He goes, I didn't write that. It's by the Beatles. Who? Paul McCartney. <laughs> well, it's pretty good, but it's not Coldplay. <laughs> so so he, he, it turns out no one has heard of the Beatles. He goes on his computer. He Googles the Beatles. The only thing that comes up are pictures of bugs. The beetle bugs, the beetles. Wow. So that's a, now at the very end, he's on the show with James Corden, and he's talking about what a great singer-songwriter this guy is now. And so he's finally saying, well, maybe they didn't exist, you know? So all these songs he's written, and he's like, you know, people are chasing him just like on a hard day's night. Yeah, yeah. So he gets to the point where James Corden says, well, there are two men here that will be guests today that want to dispute that you've actually written all these songs. And what they show is a little shot from behind of the, of the legs of the two guys, and one of them has no shoes on. He's barefoot. Oh, like McCartney nice. on like Abbey Abbey Road. Road. Yeah. Nice. So I can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So anyway, with all that in mind, what is your favorite music-based movie that you've seen? I would have to say August Rush. Have you seen that no. one? Um, it's a it's a little boy who just starts. He's an orphan and he starts exploring the guitar, and he's you know tapping on it and doing all these different things. And it turns out that his parents were estranged lovers, and they're both musicians. And um, I won't give away the plot, but it's it's interesting to see how far he goes with his music and and um, whether or not he finds out they're his. Who's parents. in it? What is the guy who played Elvis in a movie not too long ago? Yeah. Elvis movies. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember the, the female August Rush, name. though, right? And the little boy is a famous little boy as well. Okay, so I'm it's August Rush. Names. Yeah. So talk about how people can find you, where they can see you play, how they can get information about your songs and whatnot. Okay. Um, I think Facebook is probably a good way to find me. I'm not quite as techie as I'd like to be. I'm still learning... Uh, I do have a website on Reverb Nation, so if you search Rachel Hall on Reverb Nation, okay. I'll come up. Um, my schedule is there, um, and some videos. And Where are some of the places you play around town? Um, I am in Bel Air a lot. I play at Steelfish and Five Ten Johnny's and um, the Tower. I'm in Fells Point a lot. Uh, the Cat's Eye, Fells Point Tavern, Emerald's Cup. Um, some of the places out on the water are nice. Uh, I have some Ocean City stuff coming up. Oh, that's nice. really exciting. And, Check yeah. out your schedule. So, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Rachel. It's really been a pleasure having Thank you Thank you so much and for having me And your music's great. So, all right. Thank You've you. got one more for us, right? Yes, I do. All right. Take it away, Rachel. Oh
Oh, 